the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Dennis Prager. And it is a Monday, the end of this week. I will be speaking in Denmark, so I won't be here Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. I will be back to analyze the elections next Wednesday. I'm here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Be very curious to talk to the Danes. They have essentially banned the vaccine for people under, I believe it is, 50 years of age. I'll have some interesting insights from Denmark, where I'm getting a free speech award and speaking at the Danish parliament. I don't normally accept awards. It's not what animates me. But it, uh, it, it, was, it was too tempting to accept uh, this one and speak at the parliament building and to help further the cause of free speech in the Western world, which is threatened as never before in my life. Well, it was threatened, obviously, on the European continent by Stalin and Hitler and Mussolini. But I'm talking about internally, within, within countries, not by external enemies. And even that obviously has to come with a caveat that it was threatened by internal enemies in Germany, Italy, and Russia. Anyway, I welcome you to the program. The, the gulf between left and right in this country is not just a, a gulf of values or a gulf of wisdom or outlook. It is a gulf in the perception of reality. It, I wonder if this has actually occurred before in any free society where half, half the nation, and I'm giving a generalization, half the nation perceives reality utterly differently than the other. Did you happen to catch the Warren Williams piece? Yeah. So I'll give you a great example uh, at uh, one of my favorite sites, uh, Real Clear Politics. And, okay, when you say there, uh, what do you mean there? I mean, is it, is it, no, I don't see that. Okay. All right. I know, I know, I know. Okay. Oh, there we go. It has no heading. That's the problem. Okay, I get it. Juan Williams wrote a piece in The Hill, which, The Hill's a very important, uh, right, Washington-based website. Juan Williams, democracy hangs in the balance in the midterms. So, I believe that, I don't believe democracy hangs in the balance in the midterms, I believe that liberty does. And by the way, that in itself is an interesting difference between left and right. They keep speaking about democracy. Was the word democracy used in the Constitution or in the Declaration of Independence? 
It's an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think so. We were not set up to be a democracy. The, the notion that everything is determined by majority vote, which is what a democracy means, is alien to the founders who did not trust such power in the hands of the majority. And obviously to a person of the left, that is repulsive, just repulsive. You don't trust the majority rule? Oh, man. Well, they don't trust majority rule when it goes in, in the directions that they don't like either. Would, would they, uh, I'm curious, would the left be willing to put up for a vote tr third trimester abortion? I, I would. I'd be very, uh, just to even, not that it would be determinative, but I would like to know how Americans would vote. Should a woman be allowed to end the life of the of the creature she is carrying, of the human fetus, if there is no health issue involved, simply because she doesn't want the baby. She wanted the baby, and then the, the man who impregnated her has simply opted out, so she doesn't want the baby anymore. Uh, an example of, of an instance where the pregnancy could last for quite a while. So th this notion of the democracy uh, is in the balance is a left-wing notion. It's a French Revolution notion. We are the American Revolution. Almost every country has opted for the French over the American Revolution, which is why America remained until the last few years the freest country in the world. It is no longer the freest country in the world for the first time in American history. I say that with tears welling up in my eyes. So democracy hangs in the balance. Juan Williams. Turn on the... T I don't get it. It's how he begins. Turn on the TV news, open a paper, and the stories are all about the midterm polls, debates, and the political horse race between Republicans and Democrats. Am I missing something? How is it possible for any reporter to pretend this is just another election? When 71% of voters in a recent New York Times poll said democracy is at risk. Well, we both think that. Putting aside my specific understanding, not my understanding, my observation about democracy not being the issue, but a free republic being the issue. Did you check that? Does yeah, the word democracy? It doesn't appear, isn't that... How many Americans know that? How many Americans know that the word democracy does not appear in the Declaration of Independence or in the Constitution? By the way, the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Where democracy is not there, but the word republic is there. Benjamin Franklin said, it's a republic if you can keep it, right? That famous line to the woman who asked him, what, how long will this last? Or how, how can we... What kind of government do we have? What kind of... Oh, good, that's right. What Even better, what kind of government do we have? A republic, if you can keep it. Founders feared a democracy. Founders feared a democracy. It's exactly 
what I'm saying. That's right. Here is another mystery to me, writes Vaughn Williams. Voters say inflation, not the threat to democracy, is their first concern. Vaughn Williams seems to be a, a, a sweet man many, many years on Fox. Is he still on Fox? I believe so. Yeah? Okay. And uh, so this is not uh, this is not an attack on him. It, it's just uh, if he were a wiser man, well, first of all, he were a wiser man, he wouldn't be on the left, but if he, and I mean that literally, met many nice people I differ with, I acknowledge that. If he were a wiser man, he would understand that inflation is a threat to democracy. Hitler came to power because of inflation, not anti-Semitism. He used inflation in order to exterminate the Jews. In other words, anti-Semitism was not his vehicle to power. It was the aim of his power. Most people do not understand that. They think he used anti-Semitism uh, as a means to gain power. But that's not the case. It was the purpose of power. Such was his diabolical hatred of Jews. Anyway, my point is that if you're concerned with democracy, you should damn well be concerned about inflation. But I'm not concerned about no. democracy as much as I am about liberty. See? This already begins, helps you begin to perceive the unbridgeable gulf between left and right. We are worried about liberty, and they are worried about democracy. We return. I'm Dennis Prager. The Fed is unstable. Interest rates could go up at any moment. If you're relocating and need to buy a new home or invest in real estate, get fully underwritten and approved with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at Sierra Pacific Mortgage before you make an offer. Their fast-track approval process will allow you to compete with cash offers, whether you're buying today, tomorrow, or a year from now. Even though housing prices are stabilizing or coming down, economic uncertainty, supply chain issues, and limited construction means the real estate market is limited and competitive. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com right now. Get fully approved today and have confidence so that when you're ready to buy, you'll have the money ready to go. Don't wait. Go to andrewandtodd.com. Lock in today's still historically low rates. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. I'll get back to the Juan Williams piece, just a note on the intrusion in the Pelosi home. Obviously, we wish Mr. Pelosi only well and a fast and complete recovery. I have no comments to make other than, as you, you will see, Juan Williams uses this as an example of the threat coming from the right. A year of mayhem from the left, that didn't threaten the country. One purported right-wing lunatic, ah, now we're talking about a threat to the country. That is really sick on the part of people on the left. Sick.
lunatics are spread across the spectrum. And I, and, and I don't even know what the views of this, uh, of this crackpot uh, were, actually. He doesn't know. That's a good point. He himself doesn't know. It's probably true. Yes. So listen to this. So this is the, the Hill piece by Juan Williams. An incredible 67%. No, 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 excuse me. Excuse me, I skipped a few lines. Voters say inflation, not the threat to democracy, is their first concern. I would be very interested to know if it were ever put in the way that it should be. Are you more worried about inflation or the threat to freedom? Are you worried more about inflation or the hundreds of thousands of young people who say that they are the opposite sex and sick doctors are helping them in every way possible by medically transforming them in some hideous Frankensteinish experiment being done nowhere else in the world of which I am aware. I'll report to you if Denmark has anything analogous when I come back next week. How can anyone close their eyes to the big picture, a threat to our nation's political stability? By the way, I really should write a piece on this piece to decipher the terminology of people on the left. Threat to our nation's political stability means threat to the left. That's all it means. Please understand that. A stable democracy is the basis of our economic future, but the country took another lurch toward instability in the early hours of Friday when an intruder at the San Francisco home of Speaker Nancy Pelosi attacked her husband, Paul, with a hammer. Yeah, that was, that was another lurch toward instability. All the leftists who go to who went to Supreme Court justices' homes and screamed and ranted and banged, that was not at all a lurch toward instability. A year long of violence of, of Antifa and their allies in the Black Lives Matter movement and others, that was not a lurch toward instability. No. The staggering amount of crime in the country, killing, murder, mayhem, kidnapping, rape, that's not a lurch toward instability. Lurch lurch stored instability was the intruder into the Pelosi home. Blind to the alarming reality, reporters are busy constantly pushing voters into traps of distraction created by Republicans. Okay, so how are we distracting, we Republicans, people from the alarming reality of the threat to democracy? Peddling Republicans are peddling baseless conspiracies about election fraud. So wait a minute. That is pushing voters into traps of distraction? Clearly, it, it only distracts people who are already Republican. 
You ask any Democrat, do you think there's any reason to believe that Democrats engaged in political fraud, election fraud? And of course not. Democrats wouldn't do something like that. So, so I don't even understand. Who is it distracting? It's distracting the same people who are already distracted. What else? Why not pull the mask off their scary ads about crime and immigration? You hear that? Did you happen to see this piece? Yeah. That's an amazing line. Pull the mask off their scary ads about crime and immigration. Because the open border, a first in American history that the Democrats have instituted... Come on in, everybody. You can have this country. It does not belong to American citizens. It belongs to the world. That's a distraction. See, it's a scary ad. Oh, and crime. Oh, my God. wonder if Juan Williams Building has a security person. If he lives in an uppity apartment in... Uh, New York or Washington, I suspect it does. Yeah, so wait, here's the beauty. If you pull the mask off these scary ads, what do you see? Racist winks and anti-Semitic vibes. Did you catch that? So the ads of Republicans with regard to to immigration and crime are really anti-Semitism and racism in disguise. He doesn't explain that, but that's that's a, that's a, I've written a book on anti-Semitism. How did I miss it? Hey, folks, coming together again after two years of waiting. I'm going on a listener cruise again. It's called Gems of Southeastern Europe. May 31 to June 13. 13 days combined land and cruise on AMA waterways. We are chartering our own ship for you and me. The cruise was just announced. It's already almost sold out. Book today at 800-345-2483 or click the banner on my website. Go to coastlinetravel.com. Again, everybody, we're chartering the entire boat. 800-345-2483. It will sell out. Or click the banner on my website or go to coastlinetravel.com. very important piece by Juan Williams because it gives you an idea of what a man until now or at least for much of his life considered a moderate leftist i.e. a liberal what he writes the scary ads of Republicans about crime and immigration are they scary because they're illegitimate they're scary because they're really hiding Racism and anti-Semitism. What is the anti-Semitism, Juan Williams? By the way, it just uh, a rule of life since I've been writing columns for t so many years. 
There are 1,000 of my columns up at, on the internet. Virtually every time I make a generalization, I give an example. I like generalizations, but generalizations that don't have any backup are problematic. What is the anti-Semitism that is lurking behind the crime and immigration ads of the Republicans? Is there some form of, what is it, dog whistle that it's Jews who are coming over the border? Have you caught that? Guatemalan Jews, a threat to America. That is the way Republicans look at it. It's ironic because I actually spoke many years ago to Guatemalan Jews. There are not many of them. I'd like to know, what the hell are you talking about, Juan Williams? He doesn't know. None of them know. How about an example of crime? And the crime? Well, all oh, right. So yes, read, the crime read, is the read, other example. Read, read the story from Chicago. I just sent it to you. Yeah. All right. One second. This is what happened this weekend. On so again, the 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 denial that crime he denies that crime is the issue that Republicans say it is. He denies it. He says we're lying about crime. He's not lying about the denial of how much crime. We are denying denying about we are lying about how much. Beloved Chicago Daily Mail. Beloved Chicago school baseball empire shot and killed after asking neighbors to quiet down. I did see that story. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that'll get you killed. Shot him dead. Guy's a father. Yeah. Carlos Rivera. By the way, I presume he's Hispanic. It's part of the reason that Hispanics are moving over to the Republican Party. They don't like getting killed either. It's a strange, strange thing among Hispanics. They prefer to live. Whew, you never know what value system you'll get with any given ethnic group. Boy, is this a very sick piece by Juan Williams. But it is so important that you understand how people on the left think. We're lying about immigration. We're lying about crime. That's, that's just anti-Semitic vibes and racist winks. So the, the anti-Semitic vibe is so preposterous, I don't, I don't quite get it. What, what does either subject have to do with Jews? As regards the issue of racist winks, so if you raise the issue of crime, wherein blacks are disproportionately represented in violent crime, then that really is racist. I see. So the fact that it is blacks who are overwhelmingly the victims of black criminals doesn't mean a damn thing to Juan Williams. And I believe that. It doesn't mean a damn thing. He hates the right much more then he hates the amount of murder of blacks in cities. Next, how do reporters miss the alarm sounding when 10 candidates for Secretary of State are running on a platform of casting doubt upon the proven outcome of the last election? Never knew, one minute. So I'm very curious. Democrats did not cast doubts on the 2016 election. Hillary Clinton has already cast doubts on the 2024 election. 
You're not allowed to cast doubts. I love his line. On the proven outcome of the last election, I've never said that there's proof that the election was decided in favor of Joe Biden by fraud. I've never argued it. I've never suggested it. But to say that it's been proven otherwise? Proven? I don't even know how you would go about proof. Each side has evidence. There may well be more evidence that there was no fraud. There may be more evidence that there was fraud. Honest people would like to look into the subject, just for the sake of people's faith. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. This set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monday show. I hope you had a good weekend. I didn't mention that the first hour. I hope you had a good weekend. Hmm. Be that as it may, I hope you did. Everybody, not everybody, I, I hate exaggerating. Many people ask me, how do you maintain happiness as you watch the left destroy our beautiful society? As you read, for example, what is the latest data on this issue? This is the one that uh, I, I believe preoccupies me the most. This competition for what they're ruining the most, free speech, was up there. But I have to say... The mutilation of young children or young adults by the left and by the obscene doctors in the service of the left is probably my number one anger at what the left is doing to this country. Everything else is salvageable. But if, if a, uh, an 18-year-old girl has some sick surgeon take her breasts off because she says she's a boy. That can't be undone. I guess you can get breast reconstruction when there were no breasts, but not quite the same. Plus what puberty blockers do. They say that they don't deal with minors, but the very notion of a puberty blocker means you, you're not just a minor that's under 18. You are prepubescent right? You're blocking puberty, so you are prepubescent. And they have the gall to deny that they are harming children irrevocably. You're telling me that you can get puberty blockers for any number of years and it has no long-term or permanent effect? You don't have to be a doctor to know that is a grandiose lie. 
transgender top surgery, that means the top of your body, usually means cutting the breasts of a girl off, healthy breasts. I will say this, if you're for mastectomies for young women and girls, then you can't yell at the Muslims who perform clitoridectomies. Female genital mutilation is its popular term. This is female mutilation. This is the secular version of what some Muslims do. A new peer-reviewed study has revealed the true extent of efforts to promote life-altering gender transition surgeries to children, with a staggering increase in top surgeries, altering children's chest areas over the last several years. The study, conducted by Dr. Galen Perdikis, Dr. Salam Al-Kassis, and Rishub Karandas, determined that between the years 2016 and 2019, quote, the annual number of gender-affirming chest surgeries increased by 389%. So that's four times the number previous to prior to 2016. And that's 2019. It's now 2022. I'm sure it's another 400%. What was the number I gave last week the, that I wanted to memorize? 300,000? Yeah. Ages 17 to 25? Yeah. We're the only country doing this. Maybe Canada is. But the, we're the only country I know of doing this. They've stopped it in virtually every European country, as I've brought to your attention over the past few weeks. This country has gone mad thanks to its sick, vile, woke left. And the doctors and lawyers and teachers and college presidents who make it possible. In other words, the best educated are the sickest. Study was published by the Pediatric Network of the Journal of the American Medical Association on October 17th. I'm, su I'm surprised they published it, to be honest. Hmm. JAMA is uh, as reliable as Lancet and as the New England Journal of Medicine. A 389% increase translates to roughly 1,130 total surgeries performed on children under the, under the age of 18. Under the age of 18. Remember how people were accused of lying because they said that it was done to minors at Boston Children's Hospital, for example? Top surgery refers to the alteration of a child's chest area, most commonly involving girls having their breasts removed because they believe they are boys. That's a well, well stated, this is an American greatness, because they believe they are boys. So we've gone from what I was taught when I went to Columbia, what I was taught at graduate school, that there's no difference between men and women, to... They are so, so different that you can, in fact, think you are the other. They're so different, we can remove your genitalia or your breasts.
or both. Psychiatric conditions were the most common comorbidities, the study reported. No, manure Sherlock. Jeez, that's revelatory. Psychiatric conditions were the most common comorbidities. Of course. If you are healthy, you don't think you're the other sex. Definitionally. 21% of patients had anxiety, 16% had depression, only 20% of adolescents who underwent chest reconstruction used gender-affirming hormone therapy. The study also broke down the racial demographics of all victims of these procedures, with the overwhelming majority, 78%, being white. Why did American greatness capitalize white? That's sad. I'll bet they didn't realize that it happened. It's now done by editors. I asked my editor at Creators never to capitalize black or white. They're colors, not ethnicities. 12.2% were Hispanic and 2.7% were black. Can you imagine if it were in any way the other way around? Then the left would have a problem. They would say it was racism that so many black girls were having their breasts removed. JAMA also reported, that's the Journal of the American Medical Association, that of the reportedly 1.6 million transgender people above the age of 13, approximately 300,000 are minors. That's another 300,000 between 13 and 17. Wow. Did you hear that figure? 1.6 million transgender people? Oh, but this is not socially induced. Social media. Teachers. Did I say teachers? If I didn't, let me say teachers. Well, what do you think? That's that's quite uh, that's quite a bunch of data for you. On the other hand, here's a, a story for you. Florida moves to ban puberty blockers and transgender surgery for minors. The Florida Board of Medicine and State Board of Osteopathic Medicine have approved a plan to ban puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgery as treatments for transgender minors in the state. Well, we truly have two, we have as, we have two different countries as much as they did in the time of the Civil War. The the division was of course on slavery. Today's division is on everything except slavery. Everybody agrees slavery is evil. That's how different it is. The validity of gender reassignment surgery surgery and puberty blockers as treatment for gender dysphoria remains deeply contested. While a Columbia University study argues that gender-affirming care can improve the mental health and well-being of gender-diverse, transgender, non-binary children and adolescents, boy... Columbia, 
it's really sunk. You know, it was determined it is the, the, the university with the least free speech in the country. Wow. What an age we live in. We return. California, Jonathan. Hello. Oh, hi, Dennis. My name is Jonathan Levy. Uh, I've been listening to you for a while. Uh, my first time calling in. Um, I just have a question. So I'm also Jewish, and I was raised with all the ceremonies and the rituals of, with the Torah and all the blessings and everything. My question is, what do you think are the percentages, the chances are that the Torah or the Bible that was given to us about three, 4,000 years ago it was given to us by a different species, an alien race that is far more intelligent than us, obviously, since, you know, they came with a spaceship. And what are the chances are that Moses and the whole people that saw all those miracles, that it was actually done by them because they, they saw something that was illogical. They saw miracles happen that they'd never seen before. Therefore, they believed it was the creator of the universe, but it was just another species. And in my opinion, it was a species with evil intentions, which I can explain. The evil intentions was, there's only one. They had one main intention, is that was that was to convince the human race that it's okay to eat the animals as long as it's kosher, as long as it was slaughtered without pain. It's okay to eat them. All right. Uh, I, I I meant to take this call on on a Friday, my third hour. We didn't take anything on any subject, but I. Uh, it's not. These are not theories that I have ever entertained, but I'm glad you're listening. I did want to take this call, though, with regard to uh, the the subject that I am preoccupied with, the, the country going crazy with its mutilation of, of young people. Not And even when they're not mutilated, just this notion, well, the human race is not male and female, where if... Your child at, let's say, 12 says she is a boy. You are supposed to say, of course you're a boy. We love you for being a boy. Whereas if you do what a parent should do and say, no, you're a girl, you might feel this way. You've been deeply influenced by the society. God made you a girl. You don't believe in God. Nature made you a girl. You are biologically a girl. You are not a boy. That is what a responsible parent says. But these people in medicine tell the parent, hey, you say that to your child and she'll commit suicide. That's what they tell them. That is what they almost always tell them. Do you want a live boy or a dead girl? That is the way they put it. The poor parent. The poor parent. Wow. So that's why I'm taking this call. This is Muncie, New York, and Mayor. Hello, Mayor. Yes, hi there, Dennis. Um, I was just, um, you know, the same people who are pushing uh, people to take gender reaffirming surgeries and stuff like that are the same people that say that giving a bris, a circumcision to a child, is genital mutilation, which is 
I mean, they're completely not comparable. A bris is just removing a little piece of skin from a boy. Um, That's right. Really a very minor. It's a very, very intelligent point. That's correct. The people who call the removal of foreskin at the age of eight days mutilation are the biggest advocates, I, I assume, I bet I'm right, are the biggest supporters of girls having their breasts removed if they say they're a boy. Well, we are living through a very sick age. The best educated are the sickest, and that runs across professions, medicine, law, education. It will be regarded as a sick time in the future. There is no question. Remember the hysteria over kids being uh, abused in schools? Remember that? They would bring in an elephant into class. They actually believed that. People's lives, teachers, people who devoted their lives to kids, their lives were ruined because of the hysteria. This country is prone to hysterias. I don't know why. It's an interesting question, and I don't have the answer to it. By the way, it was the best educated, again, who were the most hysterical. Something truly perverse happens to a lot of Americans when they go to college, now high school, now elementary school. We've lived through that and other hysterias. Secondhand smoke was a hysteria. That's what opened my mind. That was the beginning of my my realization about how readily people in medicine would lie for the sake of health. Health, that's when I came up with health uber alles. To this day in Burbank, California, right near where I'm broadcasting, you cannot smoke a cigar in a cigar store. And you know what? Since the vast majority of people don't smoke cigars, they were perfectly fine with it. But then they came after you. Hi everyone, Dennis Prager here. Last hour I read to you the piece in the Hill by Juan Williams. Give you an idea of the make-believe world in which the left lives. That these scare scare ads of the Republicans about crime and immigration, that's what they're called, scary ads he called them, they're really masks covering racism and anti-Semitism. And as I noted, the point is so well taken. People who were speaking about millions coming over the poorest borders created by the left, by the Democratic Party, really are trying to prevent Jews from getting in. I had never thought about that. That Juan Williams could see that and I missed it is embarrassing to me. There's the vast number of Jews sneaking in from Guatemala, El Salvador, and Mexico, not to mention Africa. It is, uh, I, I missed it. Did you miss it? You too? Yeah, I did. 
You know, usually one of us catches these things. Yeah, it's really, it masks anti-Semitism. And, of course, racism. You know, racism. The crime issue, it's, uh, it's really, we don't really care about the people getting murdered, we Republicans. It's just that it's a dog whistle for racism because blacks are disproportionately among the murderers. Which is fascinating that Juan Williams would tacitly, implicitly, I should say, acknowledge that fact. Well, here's one for you. 25 people have been shoved onto the subway tracks in New York City so far in 2022, killing at least two while others narrowly avoided death. 25 people? This is all random. 25 people have been shoved onto the, rail, uh, the subway tracks. Figures from the New York City Police Department obtained by DailyMail.com revealed that with two months still left in the year, there have already been more subway pushings than there were in all of 2021. As of October 16th, the New York Police Department has recorded 22 subway shovings this year. Since that date, three more New Yorkers have been tossed to the tracks, one of them fatally, pushing the total well above the 21 which occurred all of last year. Even if you're not hit by a train, can you imagine the trauma? You're pushed onto subway tracks. You don't know whether you'll die momentarily. Have they all been caught? Have they all been released? I'd like to know. October was a particularly prolific month for subway shovers, with at least five incidents occurring so far while there were still as many days left in the month. The latest shoving took place just last Sunday, that's, that's a week ago Sunday, at the 149th Street Grand Concourse Station in the Bronx, at about 9.45 p.m. on October 23rd, Ronald Baptiste, a 62-year-old grandfather, was waiting on the platform while on his way to work when Deshaun Smith, 21, allegedly punched him in the back of the head without warning. Cop said, I guess if you point that out, it's a mask for racism. Get it? I didn't realize that. Cops said they believe the attack may have been part of a social media. Listen to this. Cops said they believed the attack may have been a part of a social media knockout game in which people challenge each other to try to knock strangers unconscious with single punches. Did you know that? Well, two days prior, on October 21, 32-year-old David Martin was walking down the Wyckoff and Myrtle Avenue subway station in Brooklyn when Lamal McRae, 41, randomly charged across the platform and knocked him down onto the tracks. The attack was caught in a terrifying video which showed McRae, a career criminal who had served 20 years in jail for attempted murder, 
calmly placing his bag down on the subway before launching himself after Martin and then fleeing. Martin is now suffering from a broken collarbone and a swollen face. His mother revealed that he is traumatized to the point of being suicidal. But if you take out ads about this, according to Juan Williams and the whole left, it's just a mask for racism. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, and it's rare that I have guests in studio. Sometimes I have a guest, but it's really rare that I have guests. But I have two distinguished doctors here. I am, of course, coming to you from California, where I live. I'm asked all the time why I continue to live here. It happened yesterday with 1,200 folks at the Mother Station's event. And people always ask that question, including my fellow Salem hosts who have moved outside of California and want to know why I'm still here. But there are many parts to a life, including one's human ties, and they are very deep, the ones I have here. But California is deteriorating, and an example is, and that is why I'm having these two doctors on right now, well, they'll tell you precisely what law has been passed. I have reported it to you about doctors who provide misinformation may be terminated as doctors. They lose their licenses. We have two doctors here. One is in, I guess, every form of medicine except psychiatry, and one is in psychiatry. Dr. Mark McDonald is the psychiatrist, and he has been on, including his books. And so has Dr. Jeffrey Barkey, who I shouldn't, I should reveal, right? I mean, he is my doctor. I, full disclosure is important. He is my doctor. He is uh, also the author of a book to which I wrote the foreword. Yes, you did. It was an honor for me to do so. All right, gentlemen, why don't one of you describe what the law that California passed uh, is? Well, first of all, Dennis, thank you so much for having us on. It's an honor to be here thank in you. studio, which is a very special treat. And for those of you that are listening, I just want to be clear that uh, I have a suit and tie on to honor Dennis uh, being in studio. So the law is AB 2098, was signed by Governor Newsom. It goes into effect January 2023, and the law allows the Medical Board of California, that's our licensing board for all physicians in California, it allows the Medical Board of California to sanction physicians, in effect remove our license for spreading misinformation and disinformation. Now it's important to understand because they define what that means in the bill, and I'm, and I'm reading, quote, Misinformation means false information that is contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus contrary to the standard of care. So January 2023, for me and Mark to remain in compliance with this law, will require us to take into account the state's narrative as it relates to COVID-19. So I need to 
basically argue on behalf of the state in order not to be in violation of the law. And you should remember that the so-called consensus, which is, which is a sham, it doesn't exist, is always changing. Just August, the CDC changed their COVID recommendations. And they said, no longer, if you have no symptoms, do you need to be tested. Now, remember, Dennis, that was the premise upon which all the draconian shutdowns occurred. We told the kids they couldn't go to school. Why? Because asymptomatic kids, we were told, could spread the illness to their friends and their teachers, and then everybody would go home and kill grandma and grandpa. Well, we spoke out against that. We said nonsense. There's little, if any, evidence that people that have no symptoms can spread the illness. I mean, think about it. Can you catch a cold from somebody that doesn't have a cold? Yet that's why we shut down the schools. Now the CDC comes along and says, just kidding, it's actually not a thing. So this so-called consensus doesn't exist, but that's what the law says. It says, follow the state's narrative or we'll take your license away. So Mark and I, represented by Liberty Justice Center, decided to sue, we're suing specifically the Medical Board of California, by the way, half of whom are attorneys, not even physicians. The president of the medical board is a lawyer. Could, can you imagine for That's a minute? That's fascinating. Can you imagine for a minute if the California State Bar president, the attorney's organization, the state bar, the president was a physician? I mean, it would be unheard of. They would, they'd be rioting in the streets. They'd never let that to happen. But yet the uh, medical board is filled up with attorneys. Um, so we're suing the Medical Board of California and the Attorney General of California, and we're suing in federal court. We're saying this is unconstitutional, federally speaking. It's right now sitting on the judge's desk. Because, because of freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. No, this is not a medical challenge. No, it's freedom of speech. Doctors, just like any other citizens, have the right to render their opinion freely. We have a right to speak to our physicians, speak to our patients, freely and openly based on our knowledge, our experience, our wisdom, the totality of the case that the patient presents to us. And this law says, no, you can't do that. You only have to follow the state's narrative. That's why we're... Who's pushing for this law? Who pushed for this? Well, listen, it was, it was passed by both houses in Sacramento. The, the, well, that's all Democrats. Okay. And, it was, and then it was signed right. by the Attorney but, but, General. But was, did Pfizer push for this? Did, the, the, to, to your, the best of your knowledge... Well, I don't, I don't know that the, uh, that the pharmaceutical companies, that the um, vaccine companies necessarily pushed for this, um, but they hate it that there's doctors like me and Mark that speak the truth, that speak our opinion, that's often different than the unelected healthcare bureaucrats that have All right, almost so, ruined this country. So Mark McDonald, psychiatrist, question. If, if a doctor, I always try to ask from the, uh, the perspective that I don't agree with. So if a doctor said to a patient in California, before this law was passed, I want you to know that uh, if, you, uh, if you walk in your underwear in the snow for an hour, barefoot, uh, you, uh, it will prevent cancer. Could that doctor, in your view, do you think that doctor should have his or her medical license jeopardized? 
Well, <coughs> first of all, Jean Dobre and Jean Courier for having me on. Yes, your Polish audience. That's right. Los Angeles. I'm not wearing a tie uh, because psychiatrists can be strangled in ties. And that's actually why oh. we don't wear them, because we go into inpatient units with people who want to kill us, psychotic, and they take the tie and they strangle uh -huh. us. So that's my excuse for not wearing right. a tie. Now, it's not no. out of disrespect to well, you. To now, in law enforcement, they wear clip-on ties, so if that were to happen, the tie just comes off. Okay, don't, don't give me any excuses, because uh -huh. now I'm going to be asked to wear <laughs> Well, they're not the only ones who like want to kill you with this lawsuit. I don't want to look like a circus performer. The answer to your question is no. And, and the reason is that unless you are giving advice to a patient that is so absolutely both egregious and immediately putting that patient into harm and, and will likely lead to harm, there really isn't any grounds, I mean, I'm not speaking from a legal perspective, from a medical perspective, in having the, the, the doctor sanctioned or having the license suspended. So the presupposition of your question is that this is potentially a valid argument from a medical perspective. But the reason why this happened had nothing to do with medicine. It had to do with politics. That's the problem. That's the core issue. And we often, as I've said on your show, I've said in my books, uh, in Freedom from Fear and in the United States of Fear, there's a presupposition in a lot of these arguments that I think are really distractions from the bigger issue. And that is that we're getting bogged down, in, and we're not doing that here on this show, but a lot of Americans, a lot of my patients are getting bogged down in these arguments about medical details and medical facts. And I said from the very beginning, not only is this medically wrong, but there's a much bigger agenda here that has nothing to do with medicine. This law is not about making patients safer. It's about silencing dissent within one giant profession and very respected one, which is physicians, which will then spread throughout the country. And our attorney, Daniel Sir of Liberty Justice Center that Jeff just mentioned, is actually hoping that this case will go on to a higher court and ultimately the Supreme Court to resolve the bigger issue, which is the restrictions on professional speech. He already told us that the law firm, the Bar Association that manages lawyers, is doing the same thing to the legal uh, assistants, the attorneys, and all the staff in the law firms. They're threatening to disbar attorneys for speaking out against positions that the bar holds. So this is not just about doctors, it's not just about medicine, it's about respected individuals in America being silenced and having their voices taken away who speak against a political narrative which happens to be in power. That is critical. Yeah. one eight Prager 776 Dr. Jeffrey Barkey and Dr. Mark McDonald, lawsuit against the state of California for trying to suppress doctor speech. It's as simple as that. There's a lot of fight in the United States of America. The left is not having its way and it drives people like Juan Williams crazy. That's what this is all about, my friends, and we are bringing it to you with great delight on The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. The greatness of this hour with these two doctors is that you realize that Unlike almost any other country, there is so much fight in the United States against the left. This is really important for people to understand because a lot of people are fighting despair, and you shouldn't. There are a lot of people fighting, my friends. You, I get a lot of letters because I had noted to you that one of the Bible commentaries that I used in writing my own Bible commentary 
had this great line which really shook me up that God regards despair as a sin and I won't tell you the context because I don't want to take away from the time with the doctors but I thought that was powerful you're not allowed to despair and that's entirely accurate not not just a beautiful thought it's entirely accurate so California has passed a law that if a doctor provides misinformation which of course is determined by the Democratic Party and the doctors who are allied with it that's it that's that's all it is it has, it has nothing to do with science it and l- let's give some r- real-life examples doctors I have Mark McDonald a psychiatrist and Jeffrey Barkey what an internist what would I describe you family practice family practice right my family is part of his practice just for the full disclosure element so for example you, let us say, let's, I'm going to throw out just examples. Tell me if you think this would qualify now to have your license removed in California as of January 1st, 2023. You say to a patient who has COVID, uh, I think you might want to give a try with regard to hydroxychloroquine and zinc and or ivermectin. Would that qualify you to lose your license? Yes. Yes, it would. If I, I had a patient just last week came in and was asking about COVID vaccines for their children. And I said, under no circumstances should your child get a COVID vaccine because they're not at risk and you'd be putting an experimental product in their body that has no long-term safety studies. January 2023, that would qualify as a reason for the medical board to take away my license if I say that. It's already happening. I just completed an interview two weeks ago with a Medical Board of California investigator for having posted on social media, not to a patient, on social media 18 months ago that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine should be considered as first-line treatments and as prophylaxis against infection from the Chinese Wuhan virus. That led to an investigation one year later, which is still ongoing, It's not January 1 of 2023 yet. The law is not even taken into effect. And I'm already being investigated, as are many other physicians in California. So they're simply going to double down now as a legal standard, not just as an internal decision that they made with me. So he's absolutely right. It's just going to get worse. I want to analyze this one for a moment. Given the fact that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are on the World Health Organization's list of the 100 most useful drugs ever made, They've been used for decades completely safely with tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people. What, what is animating their hostility? Well, that's a good question. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for those that are pushing this narrative. But in order for emergency use authorization to occur for the vaccination, there's two requirements. One, there has to be an emergency. By the way, there is no emergency now for anything related to COVID, especially with children. So when you look at the COVID vaccine for children, it's a fraud. Number two, there has to be no other effective treatment available to treat that illness in order to authorize something under emergency use authorization. So if the government, CDC, FDA, National Institutes of Health were to say, 
Yes, ivermectin has a role to play or hydroxychloroquine. We think under the right circumstances with early treatment, with other uh, multi-purpose medication, that it can be effective. It would eliminate the need for an emergency use authorization for the vaccination. Emergency use authorization umbrella allows for those vaccine companies to be immune from all liability. And this is important. Without emergency use authorization, they would have liability. You could sue the vaccine company if you were injured. So what's happening now, the ACIP, the uh, Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, last week or the week before, 15 to zero recommended that the COVID vaccine be added to the childhood vaccine schedule. Almost always the CDC will follow suit with their advisory committee. Why is that important? Because the loophole to liability protection is if the vaccine is added to the childhood immunization schedule, definitionally, those vaccine companies have immunity from liability. So as the emergency is eventually removed, President Biden eventually is going to have to say there's no longer an emergency. Gavin Newsom has already said, as if he can predict, in February he's going to remove his emergency dictate for California. Then those vaccines would be subject to liability because then they would be used under approval status as opposed to emergency use status. Add it to the childhood vaccine schedule, complete liability protection continues. That's the fraud. That's the follow the money. There's been nine, I think now it's up to 12 new billionaires made in the vaccine industry as a result of COVID. You follow the money and it leads directly to the fraud that's going on with COVID-19. Wow. Okay, just I just want people to understand the corruption. I mean, that's the only, if you're right, the corruption is the only term that can be used. That's right. And okay. these three-letter right. agencies, the CDC, the mm -hmm. FDA, the NIH, in my opinion, are captured agencies. By the way, I, I just want to say, for myself, I never in my life thought a minute about dangers of vaccines for children. Right. I never, I thought it was a lunatic fringe of society. I now believe that they were probably right in many ways. I think that's right. And unfortunately... Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know which, a lot of parents are now saying, well, wait a second. If they're fraudulently pushing this That's COVID right. vaccine, what, else did what they about fraud the other vaccines? Yes. Back and in are the, the moment, vaccines safe? with two remarkable, courageous California doctors. Shining up my favorite shoes. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. As of January, which is two months from now, January 2023, California, because it's governed by the Democratic Party, has announced that if a doctor is regarded as a California physician is regarded as saying anything that the AMA or the California Medical Board or whatever authority thinks is non-medically sound, he or she can lose his or her medical license. It means that they become unemployed. So I gave as an example, if a doctor were to recommend to a COVID patient 
that in the early stages, you might want to try ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine with zinc. As the late Dr. Vladimir Zelenko claimed, and I believed him from the beginning, I had him on in early 2020. He has passed away from cancer tragically since. And he he was a, an Orthodox Jew with a beard. And I only mention that because knowing his religious identity and values, the idea that this man would consciously lie or kill patients was inconceivable to me. And he's, I believe he saved the hundreds that he claimed to have saved. Hydroxychloroquine and zinc, and then later ivermectin. Which, by the way, I announced on the radio over and over, I and my wife were taking. And I have had COVID twice. Zero repercussions. I broadcast a couple of days later. And uh, I... I I was fine, and I was not vaccinated. Have you heard uh, that uh, our friend Ben Shapiro has announced that he he retracts his years of commending the vaccine? I've heard that, and I respect him for it. Yeah, I respect him for it totally. I agree with you, but it's important that people know he now says he was lied to the whole time. Mm-hmm. And his wife is a doctor. It is not easy to say that doctors lie to you when you're related to a doctor. And he is a Harvard-trained attorney. He is not just some average person. Good point. That his is wife a, is trained at UCLA. Is that right? In pediatrics. It's, uh, this is all important stuff. So if you say ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, two of the safest drugs ever made, you can lose your license. Let's go yes. to another one. I want my listeners, and, and for that matter, viewers, to understand if starting two months from now, a doctor were to say to a parent who has a child who says she's 12 years old, she says she's a boy, and the parents and the parent takes you, I'll say to you, the psychiatrist, and you say to the girl, listen, uh, my heart goes out to you, but you are a boy, and it, I mean, you are a girl, I'm sorry, you are a girl, and it is best that you, you work to make peace with that, and I will try to help you do that. It would seem to me you could lose your license to practice psychiatry in the state of California as of January. That is correct. I said those exact words to the first patient, age 14, about five years ago, who came to my office, girl, who announced that she had discovered the cause of all of her mental illness, anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, and that it was she was actually a boy. And I said those exact words to her. I said, no, you're not. You're a girl. I am very sympathetic to your struggle. I will continue to help you, continue to refer you to therapists, but you cannot blame your emotional problems on this confusion, which I believe was actually introduced by a group adolescent therapist. It, it was just like it is now. It's coming in from the outside. She got up and walked out of my office. I never saw her or her mother again. Mm. Were I to say that today mm-hmm. to someone like her, mm-hmm. I could be reported mm-hmm. to the medical board, an investigation could be opened, and then by law, not just by as I said, internal medical decree by the board, but by law, I could have my license taken away, and probably would if I did it several times and if it were reported. 
And now you know, folks, why some of us think the Democrats, not the Republicans, are the threat to our society. This is a living example. Doctors Brocky and McDonald, I will be back with you in a moment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.